1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Ms. Kate Flannery. How are you? W- what's going on? You were just saying you have rain where you are? We got rain
0: in LA. It's always a big deal. They're building the ark. So, out. Yeah.
1: i i love a rainy day i'm one of those that like i could live in seattle i could live in london i would be happy if the sun never shined honestly (laughs) yeah
0: me too it's good drinking weather right i mean that's my irish the irish in me right (laughs) i
1: I was just gonna say that that's like your irish gene coming out i (laughs) i love a good drink so you know you're you're preaching to the (laughs) choir what have you been up to during covid you've been in la the whole time
0: Pretty much. Uh, I, I did a little bit of travel this fall. I got to see my dad. I, I, uh, I slept in my friend's garage apartment for two weeks in quarantine and kind of like Fonzie and uh, got to hang with him for three, for three weeks. So I was gone for a little bit. But other than that, I've been here. Uh, I've been uh, singing. I've been uh, doing a lot of press, uh, which is crazy. I've done a lot of talk shows from my living room, uh, which is crazy. It's crazy. It's really crazy it's very strange.
1: It is. I mean, could you imagine, like, life before, like, Zoom and Instagram? And I mean, then we would really be isolated. Like, I mean, because I remember life then. Could you could you imagine? We're, like, yeah.
0: so weird. Yeah.
1: Life is functioning from our living rooms.
0: Really true. I mean, I, I actually did Seth Meyers, uh, like, just a few weeks ago, and it was so weird to be in my living room. It's just... It's crazy, but it, it all happened. It, it, at one point, I was like, is this a dream? This is so weird.
1: <laughs> it's like, don't you love the entertainment business? Like, they don't miss a beat. Like, there's a world pandemic. Like, I don't know how it's going to work. And within, like, you know, two weeks, they figured it all out. Okay, we're going to just change everything, and it's going to go on.
0: Yeah, I, it's yeah, it's funny. I did Kelly Clarkson in June and um, from my living room. And I'm actually going to do it again uh, in a couple of days. It's going to be on St. Patrick's Day. And I, we're actually doing it in person. We're going to test it. We're going to be distanced. So I'm like, okay, whole new level. This is oh, going to wow. be wow Yeah.
1: Where's is, is where Kelly again? Is she in Nashville?
0: Yeah, Universal in, in LA. So yeah. Oh,
1: wow. Oh, it's in LA. Oh, so that's good. It's like right down the street from you. Yeah. Where are you from originally? I don't even think I know that.
0: I'm originally from Philadelphia. Uh, I'm one of seven kids. Uh, and um, my dad owned a bar. So uh, I come by playing an alcoholic, very honestly.
1: I was going to say, like, not to be stereotypical, but, like, Irish, owning a bar.
0: Hello, and then playing a drunk on NBC's The Office. Hello. yeah.
1: Seriously. Was it always acting for you growing up? Like, did you ever have, really?
0: Always. From the time I was a little kid, I wanted to be a child actor, but my mom was not into it. And I'm so grateful to her, (laughs) Every time I work with a child actor, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah. I mean, I love them. They're awesome. But I think it's a bigger burden than I ever could have imagined to be a kid actor. So, you know, I think I was a senior in high school before I had my first professional gig at a dinner theater for like four months. But even that was a lot. You know, you got to be careful.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we all know child actors. It goes one of two ways.
0: Right. Right. There's kind of nothing in between. Yeah.
1: You have like the Alyssa Milano's or the Jodie Foster's who like work straight through and just like are larger than life. And then you have others.
0: Yes. Yes. Who are sort of went back to the hallway or something, the hallway of life.
1: Right. And I kind of reset.
0: place so they couldn't get. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I studied uh, uh, theater in college. And then when I got out of college, my aunt, my favorite aunt who lived in Chicago sent me a ticket to check out Second City and to stay with her. And that completely changed everything.
1: How so? Like it was just what a great training or.
0: Yeah, it was great training. But the first time I went there, um, I, we figured this out since, but Jane Lynch was understudying for Bonnie Hunt and it was the night that Bonnie, like the day, Bonnie Hunt's wedding day. So then she ended up coming back doing the set and her, it was just like one of those crazy nights. There were so many people in that room that I ended up working with and knowing and being close to, but it was like one of those strange times where you get, we could all sort of point back to this one day. So I, I got to study there. I worked in, in the touring company. I worked in another theater with Jill Soloway. Uh, oh my gosh. We, we, you know, the rest, as they say, is like, this history in your, in your, in your body, in your mind. I mean, you know, it's like the beginning of, uh, of a great journey.
1: Did you know it? Like, could you feel it at that time that.
0: Yeah. It, it, incrementally. Like there were things that would happen. We were just like, Oh my God, like, what is happening?
1: <laughs> Who else was in that room that day that like has gone on to be people that we know.
0: Yeah. John Favreau, uh, Mike Myers, um, Jill, Sol- Jill and Faith Salloway. Uh, yeah. Um, of course Jane Lynch
1: wow Um,
0: yeah 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 and uh yeah so life, life is crazy and uh i am kind of a late bloomer because it took me a long time to get my first show and um you know i i will say like i'm the poster child for just hanging there and just keep plugging away
1: did you ever like were you always okay let's plug away and be positive or did you have those days of like today's a dark day and what the hell am i doing with my life
0: I had, you know, what I I did have some dark days, but I felt like I had enough yeses to keep me going through my um through my aging process. Because like at one point I was like, oh, I'm one of the oldest waiters at this restaurant. Oh my god, what am I doing here?
1: Right, I I could see that. Like when you look around and everyone's like 19 and 20, and they just got off the bus, and now here they are trying to be an actor, and you're like, how am I at this age? Yeah,
0: having been through this and that. Yeah, but you know, it's it it is what it is and I feel like you have to take the yeses and if you really want to do something you can't um you can't judge if you have to work another job to do it's not a punishment to have to work two jobs if you're doing exactly what you want to do you know
1: yeah I do you know like it's such a stereotype but it's true like if you love what you do it doesn't feel like work
0: right but it's I mean it, it did feel like work but it felt like good work it felt like satisfying and so many you know um great moments on the way and you just feel like okay I'm I'm on the right I'm on the right path.
1: <laughs> well that's good. I mean what about you know like if you are say have colleagues and like they get some big break and you're just like well A I'm probably as talented and that one over there I'm probably more talented. You just
0: that's very motivating I will say for me like I feel like that sort of I saw that go one of two ways where people would be like angry and bitter. And, um, and that would sort of fuel them. But I, I somehow through enough therapy and luck, I felt like I learned how to be pleasantly persistent. And I'm telling you, when my friends started to get really famous and I wasn't, that's when I started doing my comedy act, the lampshades, which is dying lounge act. We're doing that for 20 years and you know, we do like mashups of the seventies and eighties songs. but we, we were doing like Every Saturday for five years, and then once I got to the office, we continued to do it, but once every um, like what every Saturday, like the first Saturday of every month. So I kept it up, but it was just like a muscle where like there was something to, I had something to, to just put my energy into and to and also like having a comedy act. It takes you like you can do comedy festivals, you can do regular gigs. You can, you know you can travel. I mean, it's it was a it was a good. It was a it really uh, for me. It was a really good move for my head and my heart because it kept me engaged.
1: Do you have a favorite '70s or '80s song? <laughs> uh,
0: you know, or like do,
1: artists or a few artists you just love?
0: So many. It's funny. We do we do a mashup of "Mandy" by Barry Manilow and "Brandy" by Looking Glass, and I love both of those songs. We kind of do "Mandy." Sort of sounds like the girl from "Me The way we do it, it's sort of up, And this is like if you're if you're not a Manilow fan, like. What we do is like super funky, uh, but we also do like a Prince song. We do like When Doves Cry. I mean, there's so many great tunes from, you know, we do like Fire. I mean, there's some really fun stuff that kind of, we do what you call like, what I call like earworms. So it's not just like Bad Lounge, it's actually interesting music that kind of pushes forward.
1: Prince is great, When Doves Cry, and Mandy's great too. So, you know, you have me sold. Who were your, like, comedic, like, inspirations?
0: Well, for sure, Carol Burnett. Um, she was right up there. Uh, uh, that was appointment television. I actually, it's funny, she's been, the her show's been on uh, late night here, um, and I, I find myself watching it again, and just still laughing and feeling uh, like a kid. Uh, and then I also was a big fan of, of Mary Tyler Moore and that cast. So many strong women in that cast, Valerie Harper, and uh, Betty White, oh my God, like really, really, truly funny, great writing. Uh, and that show had a great finale, uh, great sitcom finale. It was one of really the first comedies to do that. So I feel like, I feel like we were in the history, the office was in the history of that. So we got to, I got to do a show with really funny people and we had a great finale. So if I get hit by a real car, like I'm fine, I'm good.
1: It, it, it's hard to have a good finale.
0: Yes, it is, right?
1: And I mean, um, I, yeah, like I'm not criticizing. I'm sure it's hard for writers and showrunners to come up with a good finale. And then let's face it, no one's ever really 100% happy.
0: Right, this is true.
1: Do you think, you know, like because you had your success like later in life, like do you have a different relationship now to fame and success?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think I would have been a real douchebag if it happened earlier. I'm pretty sure. And I think that just having a sense of, um, perspective, constant perspective, you know, just remembering that there are things that are so out of our hands or there's perceptions just with, you know, people in different categories, you can't do everything you want to do. Even if you're, even if you're capable, it doesn't mean you're allowed, you know, and sometimes you have to give yourself permission to do it, but it's, it's tricky. It's tricky, but I think being older really helps.
1: I, I could see that. Yeah. How did, how did you get the office? Like you just get a call? Like, was it cause you know, I know Steve Carell was back at the second city comedy troupe. Like, cause it wasn't it through that. Tell me about it.
0: Yeah. I I actually knew Steve. Uh, we were at second city at the same time. We weren't in the same cast, but I knew him. Um, and uh, anyway, um, yeah, I just auditioned for the show. I actually initially had auditioned for the part of Jan. Um, and uh, did not get that, but um, I ended up, uh, auditioning again and i replaced somebody from the pilot and um you know the rest as they say is history i didn't know if i was going to be in every episode i i didn't know i'm not sure if they knew i think they were just kind of figuring it all out so
1: was anyone cast like did you know so like did you know not did you know them but like did you know like certain names like oh wow rain wilson is attached to this or steve Carell.
0: pretty much an unknown at that point i mean steve I knew from Second City, but he wasn't famous. I knew Angela Kinsey because we were in a chick improv group called Bitch Planet for a couple of years uh, in like 2000, 2001. So yeah, huh. and I knew Dave Koechner who played Todd Packer because we were in Chicago together. We were in the same improv group, and we we did the show that we're like Brady a a Bunch in New York together. So there was a few. There was a little bit of crossover. Just. A,
1: Could- could you tell? Like, was there buzz? I mean, listen, you can never tell, right? But was there buzz? Like, oh, this is going to be a thing, or you had no idea.
0: Not first season. No, we had we were hanging by a thread. Um, yeah, was great. We were a uh, friends had just ended, and uh, so the, the 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 spinoff Joey was on. So we were we were there to kind of you know they were trying. Joey was not that big of a success. So I feel like if Joey had been a hit, maybe there wouldn't be The Office. But it joey joey didn't do that well so we got a, a second chance so i was still waiting tables a season i just wow. i was covering shifts during the week and working my sunday brunch and then i remember we stopped filming and then the show finally aired and i still had my job because i didn't know if we were going to get picked up and there were some customers that were bitching because on tuesday nights because first we were on tuesdays everyone was around the tv looking at me <laughs> instead of like dealing with their tables and so but eventually, like it, it, you know, it all worked out, and I got to leave, and we got to go to the upfronts, and and Steve Carell had Forty Year Old Virgin, which was a huge, huge, uh, it was a huge hope. Like before it even came out, it had so much buzz. So I feel like he had the buzz. We were just on his show. So then all of a sudden, the show. Luckily, the writing was as spectacular as it is on The Office, and it was kind of a perfect storm.
1: Do you think that really was what it was? Cause right, like that first season it comes out and it's the ratings weren't good. Do you think it was really like 40 year old version? And then
0: I, big time. I remember being at the premiere and thinking, oh my God, we are, I just could feel like we are, something big is happening and we, and I'm part of it. And I don't know what this is, but I've never felt this before.
1: Wow. So that must be nice.
0: Yeah, it was really profound. It was, it was awesome.
1: And I mean, have you ever thanked Matt LeBlanc for Joey maybe not being a huge hit?
0: <laughs> uh, not in person, but uh, he knows. No, I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you guys are psychically connected.
0: It's funny. My boyfriend used to be, uh, he, he, he's the NBC photographer, so he worked on Friends, so he knows Matt, but I, we've not had that conversation. But maybe the next time show, I think.
1: Maybe the next time you guys run into each other. <laughs> So, right. So once you had that feeling like, Oh my God, this is going to be huge. I know like in the beginning, like you said, like you weren't in every scene or you weren't in like, you know, it's, you know, to me, I was
0: there, I was in every scene, but I just didn't talk. That was a lot of what it was. And I really learned, you know, a lot of times actors kind of count lines or kind of figure out like what's going on. I felt like there was a chess game that was being played that at first I was unaware of, uh, but it, it, I, I loved it. I mean, I just love being the physical comedy person. I love being someone who comes up from the shadows and is suddenly relevant. And I don't know, I just thought the way they played the reveal of Meredith's character traits was subtle and, and incremental and kind of perfect.
1: Is physical comedy harder than comedy comedy or is it easier or is it just uh, the same? It-
0: for me uh because i love it but um but i certainly learned a lot about the camera day by day like kind of what works and what's too much and um you know it was it was a real learning experience for me because i had mostly done stage before this
1: wow yeah i mean to me meredith's character is kind of like donna meagle in parks and rec i don't know if you ever watched parks and rec she was always there but that character grew yep yeah was that you? Was that like you going to them and saying, was it like the fans like online making noise or it just kind of happened?
0: I think it just kind of happened. I think they, you know, I think, uh, our showrunner, Greg Daniels hes so smart. You know, when you work in an office, you don't know everybody equally all the time. And some people, you only know a little bit cause they're nuts or they're weird.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I do think it was kind of a perfect just strategy, uh, and that feeling, that workplace feeling of not not everybody is equal, like, you know, not everybody talks the same, not everybody contributes the same. It's just, that's, that's just not how it is in the real world. So for this documentary about a workplace, it's kind of perfectly played.
1: Kind of. Yeah, I never thought of it like that, but that is true. It's like really organic. <laughs> I mean do you think that was a strategy of theirs like I mean I don't know if you've ever asked it doesn't matter I'm just this is how my mind thinks like did they have that strategy of like let's keep Meredith in the back and face her it or you don't not necessarily
0: I don't I'm not sure um but I feel like I and I think they did have a strategy to sort of you know make you know kind of put the spotlight on people at different times for sure um but uh yeah I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I can't exactly get into the brain of it but uh Uh, All I can say is I'm kind of the queen of less is more. I'm fine if I'm a little less, it's fine with me. (laughs) You know, I I like the fact that Meredith did not outwear her welcome.
1: She didn't, she definitely did not outwear her welcome. But listen, she was socially inappropriate. She loved her alcohol, sexually promiscuous.
0: Shameless, completely uh, unapologetic, which I wish I would be more. I apologize all the time, which is like, I wish I could. Be more like Meredith in that respect.
1: I was going to say, like, is there, like, how much of you is in Meredith? Uh,
0: well, the fact that my dad owned a bar, I understand Merediths. And I, I waited tables and bartended for so long. I've always, I knew a bunch of Merediths. I really did. There was always, like, one woman that was drinking with the guys and kind of trouble. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was very familiar with the beast of Meredith. Um, and, and it's funny because women will come up to me and say, I'm the Meredith of my office. Hey, and I'm like, Oh my god, you're so loud and proud. You must be that, must be true,
1: right? Yeah, see, you've given a voice to all of these, you know, loud and proud office women drinkers.
0: It's true. The party gals,
1: what was the best thing about playing Meredith?
0: Uh, oh my god, it's hard to pick one, but I had the most comfortable clothes, uh, and I I just felt like, I felt like I had the most um, specific vibe, like the most specific uh, energy between the minivan and just, I don't know, the barrettes in my hair and the cardigan sweaters and the one-size-fits-all skirts, you know, it just crazy. Um. Seeking the truth never gets old.
1: But yeah, that and just being unapologetic. The clothes were they—they they seemed comfortable.
0: Yes, I sort of was like a like a drunken kindergarten teacher.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Is it? Was there ever anything that you wanted Meredith to do? Like, you know, after a while, I imagine you had some say in this character. Like, was there ever any like storyline you really were like, I want Meredith to do this, or let's go down this road.
0: Not really. I mean, it's funny. They told me from the beginning that like, if Meredith doesn't sing. So if, if we're all singing, Meredith doesn't sing. So, which at first I was like, what, what I can sing Cause I do sing, but I get it. I feel like sometimes characters morph uh, when they sing and they kind of become somebody else. And if they're too good, it kind of, whatever, for whatever reason Meredith didn't sing. So whenever I sang, I'd act like I didn't sing. So that was a it was a big challenge for me because I'm I'm a big singer. Actually I am a big singer. I sing with Jane Lynch, but it's just weird. It's like a but it's a gift because again, it's like you don't I don't know, I just like the fact that Meredith did not change, she didn't morph, she didn't suddenly become super expositional with a lot of lines and like so I'm like who is this like it's almost like you lose what's funny about them because yeah, they keep talking too much, you know, or just off I don't know, just off in another direction. So yeah, I, I did not pitch a lot to, I mean, the only thing I pitched for the finale, they asked how they wanted Meredith to end up. And I said, I wanted her to be in a relationship with a cop. Cause I thought, you know, DUIs, should get him out, you know, <laughs> kind of a happy ending, get a fella.
1: Yeah. And
0: what they did was very subtle, but um, my real boyfriend I met on the show, uh, Chris Haston, he's an NBC photographer. He's worked on everything from the Golden Girls to Friends, Will and Grace, I mean everything, everything. Um, And uh, (laughs) they put him in the finale. He's a photographer in the uh, scene where Pam reveals her mural and he's got a couple lines there. And then he's dancing with Meredith at Dwight and Angela's wedding when Michael Scott and Dwight are dancing. (laughs) I'm actually dancing with my real boyfriend. So I love that that lives uh, in uh, infamy and that exists. And he sometimes, Chris will get stopped from being-
1: Really? It's crazy. Was that was that his first time like on TV, having like worked on all these shows?
0: we had like a little bit here and there, but yeah, that was the first major, you know, major. Like, yeah,
1: that's so funny. He he actually gets that. listen. Office fans are. I mean, does that shock you? Like when Office fans are that diehard that they could like recognize.
0: It doesn't shock me anymore. It did at first, but it's definitely yeah. It's. At first, like, when the culture was like, oh, my God, they were just going crazy for everything. Uh, you know, and it was, it was, yeah, it was awesome at first. I mean, I, I get recognized through the back of my head. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Really? Yeah. Do you get used to that? I mean, or is it, is it great? Is it, like, strange at times?
0: Uh, once in a while, it's strange. Like, at funerals, <laughs> I just I just want to go, like... I'm not the star of this funeral. There's somebody else here, right? <laughs> but,
1: and that, yeah. And that's like a fine line If someone's like, can I have a picture with you? And it's a funeral.
0: Right, 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 right. But I also understand like I've been that person because I used to wait on a lot of famous people and every once in a while I'd take a chance and compliment them or tell them what they meant to me. And sometimes that backfired. That was a big mistake. They were not in the mood to hear that. So I understand what it's like to be a person because even though it may be the hundredth time for me that day, it, it's that person's first time. And they're just having a revelation and they have a relationship with the show. And I totally get that. So I never want to be a douchebag Cause I, I understand that. I really do.
1: Right. No, that makes sense. Who did you wait on that? You said, Oh my God, I love you. And they were just not in the mood to hear that.
0: <laughs> uh, Um, There were a few, like, I mean, I used to wait on some old, like old MGM stars, like Ann Miller. She was obviously like in the uh, very, very old at the time. And uh, yeah, she was, she was not, she was not in the mood, but I used to wait on uh, Mel Brooks and Ann Bancroft and they were lovely and wonderful and fantastic and everything you would want them to be. So there, there were people that were worth it, like taking the risk. So I always felt like damned if you say something and damned if you don't. So, if I wasn't feeling too vulnerable, I'm like, uh, what the hell?
1: <laughs> right. And like, if they really resonated with you, it's almost like this person may never be in front of me again.
0: Right. Right. It's so true. And I used to wait on uh, Billy Wilder, the director. I mean, he's such an icon, but he, he was not really interested in having, I mean, I think I waited on him literally like twice a week for like four years. And I don't think he he could pick me out of a lineup.
1: <laughs> wow. He he never, he never made the connection that, wait, there's my waitress, and now she's on The Office.
0: No, I think he died right before that, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We did not have a moment, but that's okay. There were uh, people that did uh, recognize me and, and remember, like, J.J. Abrams. I used to wait on J.J. and his writers, and oh, my God, he's been uh, wonderful. He actually ended up directing an episode of The Office, and I've seen him since at award shows. He's like, you were a waitress. I mean, stuff like that is fantastic. Yeah. One of the executives at NBC, like I used to wait on him. I mean, it's just like, he's like, oh my God. You know, it's it's interesting for the people that that were paying attention at that time because a lot of times there's people that I deal with now who I waited on who don't remember me as a waiter and they don't know that I remember them as um, maybe not the easiest person or the nicest person. So uh, karma's a bitch, right? I mean, no, I don't mean it like that, but no, I mean- it's true. I, mean, I don't need to- act out on that but I know something that they don't know that I know and that's you know it says a lot when you're a jerk to a waiter I'm just saying
1: I was just gonna say this is why you have to always be nice to like wait stuff I'm just one of those it takes me so much like you have to really give me and I'm from New York like it takes me like you have to give me such an attitude and be in my face for me to be upset with you like I just I don't know
0: no totally I feel like I yeah
1: like, you're sitting there and having someone bring you the food that you want and the drinks that you want. Like, what's the problem?
0: Right. No, no, no. And I think, particularly in Beverly Hills, I felt like people would take their day out on us a little bit, on the waiters, and, you know, kind of whatever power they felt like they didn't have during the day. They were going to, you know, have over their chicken Caesar salad. All right. Okay. You know, what whatever it was.
1: <laughs> right. You're just like, what TV – are you a big TV person? Like, do you watch other –
0: yeah no I do I, I it's funny right now I've, I've been watching um Cobra Kai um and I just I mean I'm embarrassed to say this I just started worked, watching Ray Donovan which is such a good show and now I'm so mad because we used to see those guys at award shows and I didn't I didn't watch it I mean there's only so much you can watch at certain times but
1: I actually never wa- watched Ray Donovan it's but really, I've heard
0: it's really good
1: yeah, I've it's, heard it's really good
0: good pandemic one if you guys want to you know
1: I'll have to add that to my list.
0: Yeah. Kai Kai's fun too. I know Billy Zabka and I'm so, I love the way they've twisted the story from the Karate Kid to this series and that they're getting all the people back. It's so funny and smart and uh, it, yeah, it's so great. And I just, I love the fact that they did this movie, you know, like 35 years ago and they're all kind of having a last laugh. It's, it's, it's fantastic.
1: Wait, I have another question. I've, I haven't seen that either, but I've heard it's good. But Ray Donovan, especially, is my type of show. Yes, for sure. When you, like, started The Office and then, like, you know, it, before it blew up, like, was there a piece of advice that someone gave you, you know, like, when it started getting bigger and you were uh, now a household name?
0: Well, I think, you know, just um, keep it all in perspective because it could be a short shelf life. And, I mean, luckily, The Office has not been, but, but you never know. You never. I mean, there were some shows on NBC when, you know, like My Name is Earl, and I feel like there aren't really any reruns of My Name is Earl. It's weird. You don't know what's going to become the cultural pop, but, uh, you know, we we certainly did. But I think, you know, I I remember getting advice like just enjoy everything, and, uh, you know, if you get invited, if you can go, go. So I was, I, you know, I mean, I went to a ton of premieres and tons of parties and we were nominated for everything. So I, we always had a great time. I mean, I, I know some people that were very picky about what they were going to show up at. They were very image conscious. And I was sort of like, you know what? <laughs> the parties now also, it was recommended to me to get a publicist right away. Don't wait for another role. Like just do it. And, and I'm so glad I did because I didn't know what it was going to turn out to be, but I feel like it was, it's just been a gift to have, um, the opportunity to do talk shows and I mean the first time that Meredith got, when uh, Meredith got hit by the car in season four, uh, Joaquin Phoenix canceled at the last minute on the tonight show. So they asked me if I would take his place. So I I was, you know, it was pretty surreal. And my boyfriend was taking the place of the the photographer on Leno. So they ended up talking about both of us. It was nuts. Like they put the camera on him, but I just feel like sometimes life has these fun things that you don't expect. And if you're open to them, I mean, I understand some people have a real strategy with their career and I totally get it. You got to do what you got to do. But at a certain point, like if you're not having fun for me, um, I definitely embraced the fun, you know, like, um, six years ago, Jane Lynch asked if I would sing with her for her act. Cause we was ending and the office was over. So we were, we were like, you know, I known Jane for years. I was for understanding in Chicago. Uh, and we had such a great time, and the show was so fun, and it just kind of took off. And we got to do it. we've to do it all over the country, and then we did a Christmas album uh, a couple of years later. We, we do big Christmas tours. We will do them again. Can't wait. Um, but the album did really well. It was number six on the, no, number eight on the Billboard Top Ten. Wow. Yeah, so it's really fun. So I feel like we kind of had this annual gig. Uh, so like, I'm contractually obligated to, to spend Christmas with Jane Lynch for the rest of my life. Which is fine with me. We have a great time.
1: That would be fine with me too. <laughs> I'm 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 a yes person too. I mean, I I get it too. Like there are people that say like you know are very conscious about what they appear in or like. But I am just one of those people. I don't know. I feel at least for me and like this career, there are people that I've said yes to that are technically smaller, and then that's led to things like, I'm like, wait, you and I have bonded, and you're, like, best friends with this one over here, and now I can talk to this person? Like, I'm like, this never would have happened if I didn't say yes to having you come on my show. And just, that's one example, but I just feel like everything, I'm just a yes person.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think it's listening to your gut, too, and having some faith, and uh, I think that if you're super cautious all the time, I don't know how much fun you're having. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, but I I do feel like there's, there's a lot of kismet and there's a lot of goodwill if you see it.
1: I think so. Were you really, how'd you handle the end of the office? Just kind of like, Oh, it was time. Really upset.
0: Um, Some of each. I mean, I definitely could have done nine more seasons for sure. No, no doubt about it, but I understand. And I, I felt like there was something sacred about ending on our terms and, getting a great finale and not just getting yanked up the air or just kind of falling into oblivion or, or falling into a place that like, the show is kind of morphed into something that it kind of used to be, but it's not anymore. And, you know, so I feel very, very proud. It was super emotional. Shooting the finale, I felt like was, we it was such a big two week uh, deal. It was, you know, like shooting a mini movie. And I felt as if they were kind of distracting us with this shiny object of being in all these different places and all these plot lines tied up so we couldn't focus on how sad we were (laughs) right yeah
1: yeah I, i can't imagine ending something you know but like you said it ended on your terms
0: yeah and i feel like uh endings of hit shows are really graduations you're just graduating it's like it's you were a senior for a while. You had a great run and now it's time to be a freshman again. And we don't know what the freshman year is going to bring, but
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's okay.
1: Is that hard when something like that ends in the sense of like, then did you get typecast? Like when you went to start looking for roles or you were pretty lucky to, I mean, cause you've got I mean you yeah,
0: I mean, there's a little bit of typecasting with me sometimes, but I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of some of it. Like, I feel like I've gotten to do some really fun indie films and some fun guest star stuff. And, you know, I feel like, I don't know, um, every once in a while, like, there's something where you go, oh, my God, like, I, I just feel so lucky I got to do this. And I, I was on a cartoon for a long time on Cartoon Network, OKKO, okay, and I've done, like, five episodes of Steven Universe. And that's really been really, really, really fun. And just a ton of, like, festivals. I've been to Sundance and um with the movie cooties and i've been to um the um uh sorry the uh tribeca film festival with a couple films and it just you know toronto i mean just really really fun and i've gotten to do a lot of comedy festivals so to me that's like connecting with people that i love and getting to see people i know but maybe don't get to work with all the time and it's it's a it's an embarrassment of riches sometimes you know
1: yeah, seriously. Listen, there's nothing wrong with going from, you know, Sundance to Tribeca to Toronto.
0: It's true. And actually, I was supposed to be in uh uh South by Southwest this past year, but of course they canceled it. I'm I'm doing a new movie called Golden Arm uh with uh um Betsy Sidaro and Mary Hollonnaise. And it's a it's a female comedy about no, it's not female comedy. It's a comedy about female arm wrestlers. It's called Golden Arm. Really? Yeah, it's coming out uh next month.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. That uh, a you lot of
0: comedians are. It's going to be fun.
1: Did you watch Glow on Netflix? I mean I know that wasn't yeah, arm.
0: Yeah, I loved Glow. What a great show. What a I great just show.
1: talked to Jackie Tan from there. It's that show was so good.
0: I'm so sorry that it ended so quickly. Again, like you don't know when you're going to when you're just going to yeah, you don't know.
1: And this is just, it's just arm wrestling. It's not full body wrestling, but that's, that's like hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's, listen, I I don't need to know anymore. Like that sounds great, but (laughs) yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Did you, what did you learn through research for that, for golden arm? Like Um, as far as, I mean, like, do you actually, no, go on. I was going to say like, do you. Like, how do you research a part like that?
0: Uh, well, you know, we literally had like lessons on how to how to arm wrestle. Don't mess it up. Um, it was a pretty quick process, though, because I it was uh, it was an indie film, so it was like there, I didn't have a whole lot of time ahead of time. It was we were shooting in Oklahoma, and it was uh, super stormy weather. We were really trying to trying to get pack a lot in in a short period of time. We had to do a lot of improvising to for some outside scenes because of some, uh, crazy lightning storms. (laughs) Um, but under the time and stuff, we, they, we did, did some quick rewrites and luckily I can improvise and we, we, you know, which, which helped, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it's good writing too. So you feel like you're in good hands. So I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's, it's going to be in theaters and then, uh, we're going to go to HBO eventually. So it'll be
1: fun.
0: Jones from Glee is in it too. She and she used to be a real arm wrestler. She was actually a champ. Um, Who was so, it?
1: You like broke up for a second?
0: Oh, sorry, Dot Marie Jones from oh. Glee. but she's playing. Uh, she's she's a, a she's in the film, and she uh, she was actually a, a world class arm wrestler. Really? Yeah. She's funny. She is funny. Yeah.
1: Did you watch Glee? Uh, you don't... I,
0: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say you. Yeah. I was
1: gonna say you don't have to say yes just because you know Jane Lynch no, might no, get mad. Have,
0: that was, and many times with Jane, we actually was sometimes would rehearse in her trailer at Paramount. Uh, we had a couple like last minute things. We were just it was like just the very beginning of our process of working together. So and we were so lucky we got to play at the Kennedy Center and like a million performing arts centers, Joe's Pub in New York, and oh my God, so so many like just uh, it's it's uh, yeah it's been like such a joy. We sing with the Tony Guerrero Quintet. It's it's really fun.
1: It's Joe's awesome pub fun. is the next time you guys come to New York, I'll have to come because
0: yeah, we were at the Carlisle for a couple of weeks in in uh 2018. We did a residency there where we got to stay there. That was totally like otherworldly, you know, next level cabaret, anti-cabaret stuff. I say anti-cabaret because we're pretty, yeah, we're 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 um yeah, we're we're kind of there's no limits. I feel like some cabaret has limits, but we have we have none.
1: That's so funny. Well, I yeah, I would imagine you and Jane Lynch together probably have no limits.
0: Yeah, we're sort of heightened versions of ourselves. So she's a little Sue Sylvester and I'm a little Meredith. So it's it's interesting. She's kind of like the nun r- wrapping me on the knuckles. And I'm sort of like the sheepdog knocking everything over. So,
1: But like Meredith and Sue would get along in real life.
0: Absolutely. And I feel like we're, I always describe the show as uh, we're like the Rat Pack, but with a couple of rods. So.
1: I love it what about did how did the office change you you know other than okay now you're famous and you know you have a career and the doors are open like did it change you as a person fundamentally
0: i'm a much uh i think i'm a much um happier person i think i mean not that i wasn't before but i feel like there's something about when you get when you when you get a dream when when a dream comes true in your life it really validates so much and i think for my family like you know i was 40 and i think My my family is very supportive, but I think they were sort of like, uh, I remember my dad said, like literally right before I got the office, he said, sure, there's nothing else you want to do. And I was like, oh my God, he never said that to me. So I thought, oh my God, maybe I, you know, but then I I really actually had an examining moment and thought, you know, if I still was waiting tables and doing my comedy act, if that was just what I was supposed to do, I think I would have been okay with that. But uh, of course, I'm much happier that the office happened and the fans are incredible I mean, and I feel like as an artist, it's allowed me to do things I didn't expect, like singing and, and singing legitimately. And then also, you know, doing Dancing with the Stars was like a huge, crazy uh, journey for me. I really had a great time. It was really, really hard, but it was so, the process was so amazing for me. And then I got to do the tour I did uh, I got to do 45 of my fifty-four shows, but I, I was doing more shows than anybody and I was the oldest contestant in the uh in the tours or you know, so it was crazy and for most of the show.
1: How did that come about? Like, did you want to go on dancing with the stars? Like or just
0: They actually approached me and I sort of thought, this is nuts. Like I'm too old for this and I hadn't danced since I was in college and I thought I don't even know if I can do this. But they were extremely persistent and I thought, you know what? let's just give this a shot. And my, luckily my partner, uh, he was near the show, uh, Pasha Pashkov, he and his wife, Daniela, they just got out of competition. They're literally seven time national champs, black pool champs, world champs. Like they were, I mean, I had no business dancing with this guy, <laughs> you know, with, the uh, 20, you know, 20 years difference. And, uh, I think I had a few pounds on him when I started, I lost a little weight, but, but he, he was amazing and just a great teacher, just a great energy. And, just this whole art form was open to me. And uh I'm sure it's a competition, but I just love the daily process. It was really, really interesting and fun.
1: Was it really, I mean, as hard as I'm thinking it is?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start four hours a day. You quickly, to quickly go to eight. Uh, and it really is, um, I think the first two weeks you get a day off. And then after that, you don't get a day off. So uh, it's it's a lot. And the world is watching. So it feels like, ugh.
1: Well, you made it pretty far.
0: I did. No, I'm. I'm pleased, and I feel like even though I didn't win, getting to do the tour and getting to host and dance at Radio City and the Grand Opera, that was a huge, huge gift to me. I really, again, like I love to connect with fans, and I love live theater. So for me, it was like just very uh, profound and and um, and fantastic. You know, I mean, like these magical moments where you like. I don't think we did a show without. I think the smallest crowd we ever did was 2,500 people. It was huge. I mean, Radio City, 6,000 people sold out. I mean, it was nuts. That's about as close as I'm going to probably get to playing a stadium. That's fine with me.
1: (laughs) That's another show with just like a huge rabid following all these years later.
0: Oh, true. Yeah, the fans are wonderful, fantastic. And I feel like I made some friends for life.
1: Who well who were like? Did you bond with like the Beak from the Creek, Mr. James Vanderbeek, or Caramo, or
0: no? It's funny. Um, uh, James and I had done a bunch of game shows. We did Match Game, and uh, I think we did the Soup together a few times. So I so I knew James. So yeah, I still think he got robbed. He should have won. <laughs> I think great. so.
1: What about? Did you bond with like Karamo or Hannah uh, Brown?
0: Yeah, Karamo's great. He's he's a sweetheart. They were shooting in Philadelphia when we first started, and I'm from Philly, because he was still finishing up. Um, when we did Good Morning America, when they announced the cast, he was still in Philly doing um, uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that season. They were in Philly, so yeah, no, he's I love his kids. He's 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 a good guy.
1: Do you watch The Bachelor? Speaking of Hannah Brown.
0: <laughs> I watched a little, I just watched the first two. I'm not a big, I'm not a big bachelor person. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But,
1: um, are you I a was, big,
0: I know like Hannah won. I used to make the joke in the tour. Like, um, she doesn't have a date, but she does not have a dance. So
1: <laughs> that's kind of funny. Do you, are you a big,
0: yeah, David just kind of, it no,
1: Okay. It's really funny. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just trying to, yes, it's, it is really funny. Honestly. <laughs> Do you watch reality TV or you just never got into like any reality?
0: Not my thing. I mean, it's not exactly my thing. Sorry. I, I will do That's the- okay sometimes, but yeah, it's not, yeah. I watch a little bit of the, of the Mask Singer and a little bit of the Mask Dancer because uh, Craig Robinson is hosting my buddy from the office. So.
1: Well, maybe you'll be on the Masked Singer or the Masked Dancer.
0: I I don't I don't know I think I might uh, I might wipe out. It was hard enough to just dance with my head on, let alone with a head on top of that. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, look, you have dancing in your background, you have singing in your, but you're kind of right for both shows.
0: Uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah.
1: What about? Are you shocked on Dancing with the Star? Like, do you still watch Dancing with the Stars? Are you shocked? Like Tom Bergeron is out and Tyra's the new host.
0: Tom is the greatest, but I, you know, I mean, I think. Tyra's doing great. You know, it's, it's, it's a bummer because I feel like there was so much, uh, the fans really love Tom. There's so much heart, but you know, change happens and, uh, um, some people get a season. I mean, Tom was on for years and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, these are, they're big risks when they do this, but at the same time, like there's an evolution and, uh, well, they're, they're about to hit their 30th season. So, which is crazy. Crazy. It is.
1: 30 seasons is crazy. Well, another show that you've been on since The Office, which is one of my absolute favorite shows, the one and only American um, American Housewives.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Miss Katie Mixon. That's, so, is geez. that a fun part?
0: So fun. Yeah. I love playing uh, um, the crossing guard who... <laughs> who gets in constant fights with uh, Katie Nixon's character. She's awesome. She's really awesome. And those kids, I actually knew uh, um, Daniel DiMaggio since he was little, because his mom and dad are friends of mine. So funny. I remember like going to his birthday party for years when he was a little kid. So funny. And now wow. he's on the show. It's so awesome.
1: The crossing guard is, st- you steal every scene you're in. Let me just tell you.
0: <laughs> well, we, Nancy like I, I mean, I'm sorry. Crossing guard Nancy, we have all the only thing I feel like she had in common with Meredith is like there's literally a scene where I tackle Katie's character in the street, <laughs> so we had to hit this one giant pad, and it's like don't, you know, and I literally had to throw Katie in the pad. I thought, don't kill the star of the show, don't hurt her. So it was like we had to do our own stunt, and it was it was awesome.
1: <laughs> is it is it easy going in like just to be a guest star, you know after? Uh-
0: uh, it's in general it's not i mean that show yes uh uh it's easier when it's first season and that was the first season but uh sometimes it's really hard uh, you're you know i mean i i was a little intimidated um by by some casts but so i mean they and, and they're all great don't get me wrong but they're they're so used to their routine and and people coming and going and and uh you know in general everybody's been pretty great uh, but it's it it's it's a lot cuz you're kind of trying to fit in their rhythm and you don't have much time to figure it out like what the rhythm is
1: what about, you know, there's always this talk, there's all these reboots, there's, you know, we always hear about The Office.
0: We do. We've heard about reboots. That's all I'm hearing is possible reboots, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll
1: are see. you, do you have a strong feeling like either way? Are you one of those like...
0: I would love to do it. I'm not the one holding it up. Uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of talks, but I will tell you, this: the most interesting thing about what's happening with Peacock is that they are doing these, what they call super fan episodes, and what they've done is reassemble a bunch of classic episodes and they they're putting in these deleted scenes that no one's ever seen before. Cause I've been actually doing ADR for a couple of them uh, because the vo- like they like there were voice corrections that had to happen, like they didn't digitize all these scenes. So there's a scene that like there's an episode where, where it's longer and um, storylines are explored. Like it's kind of like the room is bigger, like all of a sudden there's a hallway and a door opens, and you're like, oh my God, this is so weird. And it's us from back in the day So it feels, I mean, it is new material for most people. I've saw one, I there's stuff I totally forgot shooting. And it's, it's really a fun thing. So if you, if you don't have Peacock and you're a big office fan, like you might need to get it even just for a little bit, I think. think
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a big deal. Like when it came to Peacock, I mean, that was, people were, what about if there is a reboot, like you know, I know you're not writing, but where is Meredith right now? Like, in your mind, you tell us where Meredith is. And what is she up to? In
0: Her basement, uh, in her drinking in her basement, working from home, because there's a pandemic. But she's like a cockroach. She will survive. I'm sure of it.
1: Well, to your point, I mean, I never even thought of that, but that would be interesting, you know, like because shows do have a pandemic angle now. I mean, that would be interesting if The Office came back.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> what about like, say that in 10, 20 years, The Office came back and they were recasting or, you know, with like a new, or even say now they were recasting and like, you can't play Meredith. Like who, who who would you like to choose to play Meredith amongst some of?
0: Um, I, 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 I don't even want to answer that question. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, is that is that like just an inappropriate question to ask you?
0: Uh, right now, yes, David. No, yeah, no. Sorry. I mean, I,
1: yeah,
0: no, that's okay. I mean, I always think of that. There's a joke. You know, one of the, I remember, it's like season nine where Daryl says, uh, uh, look at Meredith. She's kind of got an Emma Stone thing going on because <laughs> we both have red hair. So Ma- I'm going to say Emma Stone. Yeah. She would
1: be not. good. Do you listen to The Office Deep Dive with Brian? Baumgartner it's a huge that but podcast I, you is know what? I,
0: it's awesome yeah I, I I did uh a big sit down with Dave with uh with Brian and uh yeah we had we had uh, yeah I mean I don't listen to it all the time but I've listened to some of it I think it's great I listen to the oral history and I know the deep dive is like a little more um uh more that uh, you know they, they saved all the audio of what we did so they're they're um they're getting more in depth obviously in the deep dive
1: It is literally in like on the TV and film charts, I think one, two or three, like every single day. Oh, I mean, like it never leaves the top five or the top three. So that's awesome. From someone who checks the TV and film podcast charts on a daily basis, let me tell you that is up there. What else are you working on? What else do you have going on? Golden Arm, everyone needs to go see. Uh, uh,
0: I'm, I'll be on Kelly Clarkson on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and anything else after that, I can't talk about or I don't know, so. <laughs> and hopefully uh, this Christmas, Jane Lynch and I will be touring. I'm hoping that all works out.
1: I would love to come see you guys when you come to New York, I'm gonna have to come. Before we go, final, like, one or two questions. What is, because I know you talked about the rabid fandom of The Office, what is, like, the craziest thing a fan has done?
0: Uh, I got dragged into, I've gotten this up more than once. I've gotten dragged into uh, people's wedding photos. Like, I've been in a hotel and, you know, one of the bridesmaids, Only I'm, like, standing next to the bride, or in between the bride and the groom. So I don't know. I hope the marriage lasts. I hope you're not looking at your pictures years later going, who the hell's
1: that? You're just like walking by or leaving the lobby, or there's a there it is, and you someone's like, Oh my god, that's Meredith from the office, right? Wow, I
0: don't
1: know. yeah, let's hope the marriage lasts. <laughs> and then finally, before we wrap up, I have my own agenda. Thank you for answering all my questions. But anything else I didn't bring up that you would like to cover, you anything else that I uh, didn't touch upon? I always like to give people a chance at the end.
0: Uh, I don't think so. Um, I'm, yeah, I just, uh, I just feel like, um, Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can't, I can't think of anything else.
1: <laughs> well, golden arm sounds amazing.
0: It'll be fun. Yeah.
1: I'll be seeing it. And you know, with you're on Seth Myers, you're on Kelly Clarkson. Thank you for fitting the behind the velvet rope podcast into your busy sure. schedule. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, and thanks for, uh, Thanks for still caring about the office. I do.
1: Do you ever get tired of people? You know, because like I ask a lot of people that. I mean, I had people on from you know Melrose Place, Nine, or whatever old show, Friends. Like, does that ever get tiring, or are you just? I had
0: such a great time on working on the Office, uh, and I feel like it's a joy to revisit it. And and I know not every actor feels that way about projects, but it's easy to reminisce. It's easy to talk about because it was just one of the best experiences of my life.
1: That's good, because I, I agree with you. I don't think I'm always it's like this fine line when I have people on. I'm always like, we're not going to talk only about this, but am I talking about this too much? Where, well, that's good that, um, that you're not upset with me. Where can everybody find you online?
0: Uh, on Instagram, at the real Kate Flannery, on Twitter, at Kate Flannery, Instagram. Sorry, yes, I already did Instagram. Uh, Facebook, uh, I'm not on Facebook that much. I'm, I'm kind of bad about Facebook, but I am. Uh, yeah, there's a fan page uh, at Kate Flannery.
1: It's but, all about the gram and Twitter.
0: Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I used to love Facebook, but it's like once I start with a rabbit hole, I'm just like, I can't even, I get sucked in.
1: I agree with you. I check Facebook like once every month and I check Instagram like once every 15 minutes. So I it's, get it.
0: Exactly, and then I'm also on Cameo. Uh, there's a few of us from the office on Cameo and, uh, I'm, um, happy to, uh, wish your, uh, your friend a happy 21st birthday for being legal. You know, I, I do a lot of, like, a lot of messages for a lot of people and, uh, it's kind of a joy, um, to, it's just like another way to connect with people. So I like it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I assume they want the Meredith drunk slant on their cameos many times. Yep. Perfect for a 21st birthday.
0: Right and bachelorette party and birthday and anything like i I've, I've uh had proposed i've done proposals I've done like trying to get people back together wow. uh, yeah there's there's been a lot it's been a lot yeah
1: I love it's,
0: it it's a sixteen year old when they first start trying to, uh, starting to drive uh, as you know as a character who got hit by a car I'm just like take it easy so yeah,
1: <laughs> so many tie- ins I love it. Thank you. Everyone needs to follow you. Book you on Cameo. See Golden Arm. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you
0: so much, David. Thank you. Take Take care. care.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear,